Welcome to Silent Symptoms, a Black mental health podcast. I am your host, Kataso Fridge, a Florida-based therapist. This podcast focuses on mental health, stigmas, and social injustices that affect the Black community. This podcast was created to bring awareness about mental health and can be used as an educational guide, but this is not to be used as a replacement for seeking help from a therapist. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hi, uh, welcome to Silent Symptoms, a Black Mental Health Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest today. His name is Reese. So we're going to be talking about a little bit of mental health, um, suicide, depression, all kinds of stuff on this particular episode. So I'm going to let Reese introduce himself to you guys. Uh, Hello, world. I'm Reese, (laughs) also known as Reese the Poet. Uh, She so eloquently said Um, and I'm just here to really speak to the people and we talk about some real serious issues that, that our world needs to talk about. Okay. The first time that I met Reese, um, he did this poetry about mental health and I was like, I need to get in touch with him because I felt like the poem was so compelling and I actually couldn't find you on Facebook. I added you on Facebook and I was like scrolling, 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 scrolling. And then I told Noah, I was like, I think that's him. That's him. That's him. I couldn't remember <laughs> your name. Right. And then when I finally get got in contact with him, I thought it was like the perfect opportunity to actually get in contact with him. So what inspired you to actually do that poem that night about that particular topic? Because not a lot of people actually dive in mm-hmm. and talk about that. Uh, well, first and foremost, to do the to do the piece that night, um, it was really just an inspiration. I mean, God just put it on my heart, and that's what needed to be said. Clearly, there was somebody who needed to hear it. <laughs> um, but as far as writing the piece goes, um, I actually wrote it, it. It began as a homage to my uncle. My uncle actually committed suicide a few years ago, and uh, that was a real impactful thing in our family. And 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 I just uh, I got inspired and started writing, and then. It kind of just turned into more than just about him in particular. It began to change and talk about a greater, a greater issue. Yeah. You know, and it began to turn. You know what? This isn't. This is one story, mm-hmm. but there's so many other stories out there that need to mm-hmm. be told. And I mean, really, it was just one of those things. You know, God just kind of said, "Hey, mm-hmm. here you go." So that's really interesting because I have I've had a similar situation my uncle actually committed suicide or died by suicide years ago and I should have known I didn't know much about mental health when I was growing up mm-hmm. especially growing up in South Africa that's not a topic that a lot of people want to discuss in your experience in your whole entire lifetime how did you learn about mental health and how did that come about in your life I mean, just dealing with crazy people. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. That's a complete joke. But no, seriously, I mean, dealing with, you know, different people in my life and seeing how they act and how they, why they did the things that they did. And then with myself, I mean, dealing with my own internal issues and mm-hmm. and going in the, I was in the uh, Marine Corps mm-hmm. and being in the Marines, you, you get, you get a run of the mill at just about everybody you could imagine. Yeah. Um, but you learn a lot about people and you see different backgrounds, different cultures and, and, and different upbringings and that, and that, people respond differently you mm-hmm. know it's it's an interesting thing and so as i began to grow and mature and get to know people and dealing with people hands on i began to see uh so many different types of people mm-hmm. and the way that they were able to interact with each other but then with the way they interacted with me and the way we talked and dealt with things so it just that's how you really get exposed to it hands on mm-hmm. 
But then do you think that that was really mental health? I say that because a lot of people don't know people have mental health issues. They feel like it's okay to communicate in destructive ways, especially in our community. Mm. It's okay for people to mm. act a fool. They mm. said that's just how they were raised. They make excuses for people around them in a sense. So when did you particularly pinpoint that? Because I know that you experienced a lot of things with different people, but when did you say this is a mental health issue? Was there anything particular somebody did? Well, I would say that the main thing for me though, the main thing for me would definitely be, like I said, my uncle. I mean, mm -hmm. internally was the main thing. And then externally I watched, I had a, a buddy of mine <laughs> who um, he just, he just he just wasn't right. We couldn't figure it out what we couldn't figure what was out going why. On. Yeah. Like this guy, I mean, he just he just would would snap for no reason and you just couldn't we couldn't pinpoint it. It's mm -hmm. like, bro, like what how What's did you go on? from here to here all of a sudden? Mm -hmm. Somebody, I mean, I'll never forget we were out one day, you know, being young and doing our thing and I remember there was a, a guy in there dressed up as like Santa Claus. Oh. And I mean, he was like, he's sitting there, we're laughing and joking. All of a sudden, he just stopped in the middle of eating. Oh. And went, and he's, I'm like, yo, what's up? <laughs> hey, bro. Santa Claus looking at me, dog. I'm, I'm, I'm finna hit him. What? What? Yeah. How, how did you go there? You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, mm -hmm. you know, it's dealing with different things like that and dealing with like my grandfather who he, he would go back and forth we would call him the other guy oh yeah you know and so and those type of things is what exposed me to something greater than just okay i was brought up wrong yeah there's something else going on here there's something there's something deeper mm -hmm. you know and so that's kind of what yeah. i would say yeah especially like you know growing up and seeing those switches in personalities and i also had to shift because when i got into the mental health field a lot of people like i couldn't use the word bipolar we used right. to use that right. word frivolously and the word retarded those yeah. two words were really like active by everybody like we mm -hmm. used to use them and then one time one of my friends i said you're acting so bipolar and it was just kind of like just right. throwing the word right, out loosely. there. Right. It was nothing deep. And then they're like, you're diagnosing me. Hmm. And I was like, wow, I need to take a totally different perspective on how I say things because a lot of people may take it to heart, especially because of my profession. Mm -hmm. And that could, you know, cause somebody to be distraught or second guess themselves. And a lot right. of people, bipolar is really complex. So bipolar is not somebody just switching from being angry, upset, it's very, very hard to actually diagnose somebody with bipolar. Mm -hmm. So you work with kids. Have yes. you seen or have you had any of the kids express any type of suicidal mental health? I have. <laughs> I Working with youth is very interesting because mm -hmm. it's there's so many layers you have to decipher between the mental health aspect and just the life life aspect mm -hmm. i mean i work with underprivileged and, and kids in poverty and all that kind of stuff and um you just see so many things that they've been has been poured into them mm -hmm. yeah and that's what breeds a lot of things i mean i would i and kind of commenting on what you're i would dare to say that when we talk about mental health issues mm -hmm. i mean anytime that your mind is not operating in the way that it's supposed to operate or it should operate i would call that mental health yes anytime absolutely. you've been 
you've been put in a position where, I mean, that's PTSD. Mm-hmm. I mean, kids, can, it's not just veterans. I mean, PTSD can come from kids yeah. being in an environment that causes them to experience things they should never experience as a young child. Yeah, trauma. And now that causes you to think and act a certain way. And I actually believe, I, to me, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm no expert, you know what I mean? No. I don't have a PhD or nothing, but <laughs> to me, that that is mental health because yes, you're you're absolutely. you're you're a child and you're operating on a level that you shouldn't even be exposed to. Yep. You're thinking about things that you shouldn't even be thinking about. Yeah. You're doing things that like <laughs> I'm working Beyond. with them and I'm thinking like what planet are yeah, you from? from, you know. Um you know and 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 that to me is 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 that I mean that's that's what I see a lot. I see a lot of kids who are really broken. Mhm from the gate from the jump and then they just kind of fall into they just fall into the slop yeah you know and and, and so that's that's what i see a lot of yeah um, yeah especially with low income because i actually work with different kids who are in foster care or mm-hmm. they've been removed in the from the home because mom is not doing the right thing exposed to drugs and some of the kids are 11 12 going to jail because i try mm-hmm. to think i'm like what was i doing at that particular age right. i know i wasn't operating on that <laughs> level or acting like a teenager mm-hmm. at that specific point but exposure to right different environments especially at an early age does cause PTSD mm. and then they carry it that they carry that on mm-hmm. luckily with people who have DCF in their life mm-hmm. they're able to get that assistance along the way yeah. however that trauma that they already experience is kind of hard to remove yeah. and then they yeah. have to be re-engaged in services mm-hmm. at a certain age and then as an adult mm-hmm. how how do you you know try to help the kids i know you say you're not a professional but you do make an impact on their life especially with the things that you try to do to assist them with i i just i speak life mm-hmm. and truth into them mm-hmm. i mean i think and for anybody who's listening who who, who works with kids mm-hmm. the reality is and this is my personal opinion i mean they don't need more programming in a lot of ways they, they need people to be real with them. Mm-hmm. They need people to care. They need people to say, hey, sit down and let me holler at you. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me, let's talk about what you got going on. Let's really get into the weeds of it and, and speak truth mm-hmm. and speak life. Because, I mean, one of the, you figure you're living in a generation with a lot of these kids, nothing they know is real. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing they know is real. They can't trust the news. They can't trust their friends. They can't trust the school system. They, can, they don't trust anything. Mm-hmm. They live on social media. None of that's real. They can't trust any of that. You know, we live in the catfish yeah. culture. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Nothing you know is real. Nothing mm-hmm. I see is real. Mm-hmm. The the people I watch on TV is not real. But the, uh, Reality TV is not reality. You have an innate thing in your heart that knows what a parent should be. Mm-hmm. But then I see my parent isn't that. Mm. That's not real. Yeah. So now my family structure is not real. Now no, nothing in my world is mm-hmm. real. I go to teachers who are supposed to be there to help and teach me, and they're sitting back and they're just like, whatever. Yeah. They spend so much time dealing with behavior issues mm-hmm. that they don't get to really get into the weeds and stuff. So if you're working with these kids and these youth, what do I do? I'll be as real as I can with them and just speak life and truth in them. Tell them, yeah, you're better than that. Mm-hmm. Like whenever kids used to do something that was off the chain, mm-hmm. I didn't go to them, you know what I mean? I didn't go to them and be like, yo, what, what's the matter with you? Didn't yeah, you like, sat hey, down hey, and talked hey, to them. Yo, yo, yeah. yo, yo, hey, so-and-so, you, you're better than that. Yeah. We know. I know, you good. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, go and ahead and check that. And they'll continue on. I think and, kids and respect that. They respect it more because if you treat them, if you treat them like they're broken, mm, they'll act broken. They'll continue to act broken. Yep. 
But if you treat them like you're not broken, Mm -hmm. you actually have purpose. Mm -hmm. Even when you're broken, you still have purpose. Exactly. Even when you've dealt with this, it doesn't matter where you come from. I still look at you as a strong, powerful, you know, human being with purpose. There's a reason that you're still here. Mm -hmm. If you do that, you do that with them. And and the reality is not all of them are going to take to it. And that's the sad part, but it's true. Mm -hmm. Not all of them are going to grab it. But but it only takes that one. Exactly. It's not about, like I tell my, my staff, I used to say, it's not about saving everyone. It's about saving that one mm-hmm. because that one can save another. Wow. That's powerful. And that's what it boils down to. I mean, that's just speak life, man. Speak truth into them. And don't don't sugarcoat stuff. That's, I'm sorry. I'd, yeah. It, when, don't. When, don't sugarcoat it and try to be all like, well, you know, just come <laughs> on. You know, just, you know, don't do not do that. Don't Keep do it that. real and be firm in your stance. Because like they say, real recognizes real. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these kids, <laughs> they can see right through you. They can see if you really care about them or if you don't. Right. They know the teachers that really care. Yeah. They know absolutely. the staff and the parents and the mentors. They know the ones that really care about mm-hmm. them. They know the ones that are just doing it because that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. They know the difference, even if you're a really good actor. Yeah. They know. They can see through that. Yeah, so. And a lot of them do say, like, especially in my field, it's like, oh, you guys are just doing it for the paycheck. Because you, when you're when they come into that cycle of foster care, caseworker after caseworker, therapist after therapist, they mm-hmm. can't figure out what's genuine and what's not. Right. And it's been really difficult. I was looking on social media, speaking of that. Um, one lady posted um, one of the responses one of her kids had to a question that she posed in the class. It basically mm-hmm. was, I wish my teacher knew this. Mm-hmm. And the kid responded by writing, I wish my, ki- my teacher knew that how smart the bad kids are. Most people don't know that some of that stuff that they're going through, attention-seeking behavior, because they probably don't get that at home. They're seeking that attention from the Mm -hmm. classmates, somebody to love them, somebody to care about them. It's very complex, especially we tend to say kids don't have any feelings. We discount the feelings, especially in the black community. Mm -hmm. Just be seen, not heard. You too young to have feelings. You ain't got got no stress. You ain't got no problem. Why are you stressed out? There's nothing to stress about. And a lot of kids have a lot to stress about. There's bullying out here, the pressure Mm -hmm. of social media. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so important to limit the amount of social media kids have these days because of the exposure. And they learn a lot of things from Mm -hmm. other people. And the, the key is also to be present as a parent, trying to figure out what your kid really needs because if you're not teaching them the teachers probably aren't teaching them because they have so much to deal with so starts at the house yeah it does start at home and then your kids do have an opinion and i also like the fact that you know everybody in this world needs a mental health day especially working and Mm -hmm. having vacation some kids have certain things that they're going through internally and when it's minimized at home that's when kids start harming themselves or having these uh feelings of depression or things that they don't understand if you i always i like to hone on this if you don't pay attention to your kids somebody else will and on top of that uh, somebody else will be teaching your kids stuff that you don't want them to be exposed to and look for signs of distress if your kid is acting different nine times out of ten there's something going on Mm -hmm. the behavior Mm -hmm. the display is not because they just want to be bad today Mm -hmm. there's something going on yeah, I mean, you know, and I think that a lot of it spawns from from a lack of identity. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing. A lot of these, you know, things spawn from a lack of identity. Mm-hmm. And if I don't know who I am, then mm-hmm. I'm just going <laughs> to do whatever I can uh-huh. to feel like I'm somebody. Mm-hmm. 
if I can get in, some attention is better than no attention. I remember exactly. I had a kid that used to, I had a little girl that used to do that. Mm. You know, and, 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 and I think one of the things that we have to hit on is that, and then for anybody, for parents, for, for workers, for whoever, one of the things you definitely got to understand is that these kids are always watching. Yes. We try to act like these kids, they ain't paying no attention. They are ears. watching. They are ears and eyes. eyes everywhere you go. I remember there was a little girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this little girl was off the chain. Mm-hmm. I mean, just she don't listen to nobody. She's, she's up the wall. She, you know, she, her and her brothers, they, they are. <laughs> out there. They are something else, <laughs> you know. But But there was a certain draw that I had to them. Yeah. And I was like, man, something about these kids, man. I don't know what it is. You find out their background is Mm -hmm. off the chain. You know, they, you know. You can't blame them. Right. But the thing that really got me the most was there was this little girl. And I remember I used to always come to her and be like, hey, hey, Mm -hmm. (laughs) how you doing? Hey. And she would, (laughs) she would look at me, kind of turn her head. But then she would always want to come and be by me. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, what you doing? Nothing. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, you know you need to go to class. Oh. Yeah. And then she would, you know, make a face and she'd run off. Yeah. And, I, and one of the things that I noticed, I remember one day she was, she always wanted to fight somebody. Mm. Always wanted to fight. Fighting yeah. everybody, fighting everything. And oh, by the way, she ain't number six. Oh. You know what I'm saying? And all she wants I to do is fight all the time. And I remember she walked up, she was mad at something. Mm-hmm. And she had a little fist ball, you know. Mm-hmm. And I walked up to her, I said, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, what you mad about? She didn't want to say it. I said, "Well, first of all, I didn't do nothing to you, mm-hmm. so go ahead and unball them little fists." Yeah, I put my up. little, I put my little hand in there and <laughs> unball them little fists, and she, you know, put her hands and opened them up. I said, "Now let me see that smile I've been waiting on." Mm-hmm. And, and she, she, you know, she, she tried not, tried not to, but then she smiled. Like, right, now we good, you know, and we were able to kind of talk it out. And I remember later on, probably. Maybe an hour later, mm-hmm. she had gone to class. I went to go, and my my teenagers were acting off the chain mm-hmm. in like the cafeteria. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Now yeah. I gotta go bring out Marine Corps, you know, yeah. ladies. Here we go. So I go in there, and it was so funny. She happened to be in the restroom, coming mm-hmm. out right by the cafeteria. Yeah. I walked in. I kind of did one of these to yeah. prepare myself to go in here and deal with these big children yeah. bouncing all over the place. And I had my fishball. Oh, God. This little girl walked up to me, and she goes, I'm ball those little fists. And stuck, <laughs> stuck her little hand. I'm standing there. She comes up. I didn't even see her. She comes up behind me. I'm, I'm ball your fist. And, she, and I look. Exactly. Looked, you ain't finna hit nobody. And, so she put, and, I, and, I, and I was like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. And it, and it gave me perspective. It showed me that no matter how far gone you mm-hmm. think these kids are. They're all the way there. They're all the way there. They're mm-hmm. paying attention to everything and they know who cares and the impression yeah. that you make. Mm-hmm. And you never know. So those little issues that they may have, absolutely, mm-hmm. they can be- Those they are minuscule to the- They're minuscule to the greater cause. And if you continue to be consistent yeah. and speak life into them mm-hmm. and truth into them, mental health and all those things can be brought up. Yeah. You know, Depression can be broken by dependency, by somebody who's dependable. There you go. Uh, dependency, I think he said. But anyways, yeah. like somebody who's dependable. Mm-hmm. If I can depend on you, somebody I can care, I care for you. Just knowing that someone cares about me, that makes a world of a difference. I think most kids say that. Yeah, if if I knew somebody cared, mm-hmm. I, it, 
Like I said, that's I why mentorship, big brother, big, big sister, those things are yeah, very boys important. Boys and girls club, all that stuff. All like that. that, and that's why funding for those things is super important. Because if we don't have anybody mm-hmm. to look up to, there's nothing to really keep going. Because at home, I don't have that. So if I come to, if I'm coming to school, mm-hmm. and Mr. Reese is there, yeah. then I'm gonna go ahead and act right, and then whatever you're teaching. To that person, they're gonna pass it on to their friends or their brothers if they mm-hmm. try to act up. Mm-hmm. She's gonna go ahead and pass on that message. Mm-hmm. So but that's, that ain't always that great. But, no, but, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's the point. It's the ups, yeah. it's the highs and the lows, it's the ups and the downs. And yeah. I mean, and I think that even when, and when you're dealing with, and kind of getting back around to what we're talking about, when you're dealing with the mental health and mm-hmm. you're dealing with the depression and you're dealing with the suicide with, 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 and, and, and the insecurities and all these things, a lot of that comes from. They're, they're, like I said, I like to think that they're gateways. Yeah. The the insecurity of not having consistency and knowing who I am mm. opens the door to other things. To other things, it opens the door to depression because now I'm no longer I'm falling short in my mind of everything around me. Wow. I don't know who I am. I've got no foundation. Like I like to say, a house built on sand cannot stand. It gets blown away. Yep. And so if not open that door. Mm-hmm. Depression sits outside, yeah, waiting like a cold breeze, and it sits back and it waits for the opening. Mm-hmm. It's like what it says: the the devil is like a roaring lion, searching for whom he may devour. Yep, he's searching for who's got that window open, who's got that door open, mm-hmm. and these kids don't have any foundation, so therefore they're not just window they're open; they're just sitting outside open. in the woods. Mm-hmm. And open. that wolf sits back and does this, and depression seeps in, seeks in. Mm-hmm. You're all by yourself. There you go. Nobody cares about you. Nobody cares. It starts to whisper in your ear. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not good enough. See, look, you you can't do what they do. You're Mm -hmm. not. Oh, they don't like you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you thought they were your friend. You can't trust them. Yeah. You can't even trust your mama. Mm. You can't even trust your dad. Ooh, you're broke. You ain't got no money. You can't do it. So then they start to hear these things. You don't look like what's on Instagram. You don't look like what's on Facebook. You You don't look like that. You don't have that. The false reality. The false reality builds up, and then it just it, it goes from there, and the suicide. And then the suicide tensions come. In. You know what? Matter of fact, why are you even here? Yeah. Why? Why even? Nobody's gonna miss you. Right. Nobody's gonna miss you. Why you even try? Mm-hmm. And and and, that, and that's the part I think that 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 hurts the most because mm-hmm. more than ten thousand people I think don't wake up every day. Yeah. But you do. Not to y'all. Yeah. <laughs> you do. Whoever you were chosen. You were you you for whatever reason you are still here. And there's somebody out there who had who there's someone out there who needs what you have. Exactly. And and I and I stress that to anybody. I tell yeah. that to you. I mm-hmm. say that to everybody, you know, yeah. camera guy, everybody in the back. <laughs> I say, let me tell you. If I can, if I can tell y'all anything else, mm-hmm. your life is worth so much more. Mm-hmm. And there is someone. If you're struggling with depression or suicide and all that, I've been there. I know. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you how many times I straddled the line between salvation and suicide, mm. and that's real. Yeah. And a lot of and a lot of Christians don't want to talk about that, and we get all. Eh, I've been they there. They afraid. And, and, and because it's a sign of weakness, I don't want to show. Oh, my faith and yeah, my faith is is, know, is too uh, weak. Yeah, and, and the reality is, is that we 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 we're imperfect people in an imperfect world. Mm-hmm. You know, in an imperfect system dealing with imperfect things. So therefore, your emotional control is imperfect mm. until we you're being perfected. And so therefore, if you have an issue, you find yourself in that situation where you're like, man, I just don't feel it today. I'm feeling not right today. Yeah. Guess what? 
That's just called being imperfect. You're not broken. Mm-hmm. You're just imperfect. Your spirit is alive and it's well and it's good, but your body is it's corrupted. It's imperfect. Down. Your mind is imperfect. And so therefore, that's why you need, that's why we need a perfect God. Yep. And that's so. Anyway, and, the flesh, I, and the flesh is weak, so. Right. The spirit is willing. Remember, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You, mm-hmm. I want to do this. I'm so, God has put this in my heart, but I don't think I'm good enough. Oh. I want to do this, but. Uh, I'm just not that. Not that. I'm not here. I'm not there. I don't have that. So that's, so yeah. And that's what um, and that's what I would say is 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 one of the things that I would want to put to the people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know I kind of no, pass, you didn't pass, like pass you, the collection you plates. Na- <laughs> you know what I mean? You, know? you, you hit the but, nail on the head. So Reese was talking about a very important topic because I always talk about I always talk about how um you can still have faith. And still get help for your mental health. A lot of people feel like that's impossible, especially people who have faith. They feel like if you go to a therapist, you're less of a Christian or your faith is weak. What is your take on that? Uh, I I do not subscribe to that. (laughs) Um, Okay. I think a lot of that. That's good to know. I I think a lot of that is, is, is... uh, personally, I think a lot of that is religious in a lot of ways. It's very like, oh, well, you just don't have enough faith. Well, okay. There's also you do the natural and he does the supernatural. And I think that, yeah. you know, God has given everybody a gift to be able to impact the body. I mean, mm-hmm. we as a body work together. That's why it says confess your stuff to other brethren, to go to the brethren, submit your things to wise counsel. If the, if, if if it was all just absolute faith nothing else then we wouldn't submit any ideas to wise counsel mm-hmm. we wouldn't submit anything to our brethren mm-hmm. we wouldn't you know talk to anybody or nothing go to the doctor we wouldn't go to the doctor you know what i mean we would yeah that's what i'm saying yeah you wouldn't you're not gonna go oh my arm is hanging off of my i'm just going to have faith that yeah. it's gonna fix itself mm-hmm. well it's like okay not saying that god doesn't do miracles don't get me wrong that absolutely is very real and he still absolutely does mm-hmm. but god has put special people who have certain gifts in medical and in all these things to be able to help the purpose of the body there's people who are gifted in business Mm -hmm. you don't just wake up and say god gave me a business idea (laughs) why hasn't it happened yet yeah you know what i'm saying like you 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 have to go out there and do things talk to people if you're struggling with mental health that that believe it or not i'm gonna tell you right now it is a lot more common than you think yes it's a lot more common than people know or people want to talk about because it it goes down to those places and it exposes those things that we don't want to be real about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I found myself there for a long time. Yeah. And so, you know, I know there's a there's a uh, there's a poet. His name is uh, Joseph Solomon, okay. and he has a, a, a well documented um, series just talking about his battle with mental health and things, and it's phenomenal. Mm. He's phenomenal, and and. Um, he, what is Joe doing? That's my man. I follow him on Instagram. He's is he on YouTube? He is. Because his name sounds really familiar. Yeah, he's he's got a lot of a lot of good stuff. I mean, I've seen him live, and he's he's the man. You know, yeah. uh, I had the privilege of meeting him a while ago, and he's the man. And I, mean, I think that he's a good example of someone who has shown, hey guys, 
Let me show you this real side of me. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it's really impactful. Um, he has a poem that really spoke to a lot of people that he did on the Poets and Autumn Tour. It was called Depression Is. Mm. You know, and I thought that was phenomenal. And I, like I said, I more props to him, man. I, I You know, you the man, Joe. If you if you ever get a chance to see this, are you here? And you the man. Yeah, Joe. Watch um, my podcast. Because you know, you're the man. Talking um, about depression and still having that faith. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's the thing. is The thing is, it, it goes hand in hand once again. Your mm-hmm. spirit absolutely has faith. Mm-hmm. One of the big reasons why people fall into such depression, I think, mm-hmm. is because your spirit knows it's supposed to be whole. Mm. Your spirit knows it's connected to Jesus. Like, yeah. I know I'm supposed to be whole and healed and well, and this is my new man and all these things. But my body, mm-hmm. my flesh is incomplete. My flesh is imperfect. So imagine if you were a bird yeah. stuck in a cage. Yeah, you can fly around and fly around, but you, it's, you know you're this, supposed to be free. You know, I know I'm supposed to be out here, mm-hmm. and it manifests itself emotionally. Yes, but it's it's a, you want to break out and, and be free, mm-hmm. and freedom comes through time. Yep, you know, and I think that to me, and this is one of the things that I firmly, whenever I have those days, those times where I start getting those thoughts and like, mm-hmm. why am I thinking this? Yes, what? Why do I feel this way? Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I say it ain't about what you feel. It's about what the Bible says. It's about what the truth says. It's about mm-hmm. what faith is. Who did God say I am? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what nobody else says. Exactly. Who, who who did God say I was meant to be, and what am I supposed to do? So, a lot of times in this life, mm-hmm. we have imperfect bodies. We have imperfect flesh. So, what happens? We need to get with other people mm-hmm. who are gifted and free in this area. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? What you don't know is that going to this person for help. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what you're supposed to do. Three-fold core. Mm. It's, it's, you don't just do it by yourself. You cannot do life alone. That's yeah. why uh, small groups, you know, I know at our church, they talk about small groups, getting in a group of people. Involved. Get involved, get engaged with those around you. Well, I don't do, I don't like people. Okay, well, that's, that's why. That's impossible to that, live in a world. Think about that. That in itself, and I used to be the same way because people who know me back in the day, you know, I used to be like. You used to isolate. I did. I used to, I still to this day find myself having to fight that isolation demon. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They <laughs> pulling like, you back. You know what I'm saying? Every time I try to leave, mm-hmm. pulling me back. You know what? <laughs> that joke would be like, hey, you know you don't want to go. Yeah. You know you stay don't want to Stay home. Wanna, just go ahead and stay at the house. Might just as chill. well. You're not missing anything. Yeah, exactly. And, mm-hmm. and you can so and, and, and a lot of it is because we we want to live clean and pure lives too. Yeah. Holiness. It's a struggle. It is a challenge. I would say it's a challenge. Okay. Chill. Because we want a lot of his good intentions. So instead mm-hmm. of putting ourselves, remember, we are in the world. We are not of the world. But a okay. lot of people take the we are not of the world and they make it no world. Oh, okay. And they create their own world. Mm-hmm. And so they go over here on this island so that I ain't, I ain't finna mess around with none of y'all. Mm-hmm. I ain't got time. It's too much drama. And then you sit right here. But you got to remember, the idle mind is a devil's playground. Work. Yep. Devil's you workshop. cannot do life alone. God did not make us that way. And when you talk about people who are thinking, I don't like people. What does that translate to? I don't like myself. Yeah. Because I'm people. I'm a person. Yeah. There's no <laughs> way you can live outside. There's no, Not I'm having a human person. contact is completely impossible. People actually lose their mind. You will lose your mind. Absolutely. I don't like people. I don't, don't like, like myself. Me. I don't like myself. Oh, I'm this. I'm that. Mm. Now that opened that door that we talked about. That window's yep. open. The little gap. 
I don't like myself. I keep saying it. I don't like myself. Mm-hmm. Every time I say I don't I'll like myself, I stay people, to myself. I stay to myself. I keep to myself. I, now, mind you, I'm a private person. My personal circle is small. I have a certain group of people who I have in my personal circle, mm-hmm. just like Jesus did. Jesus yep. had the masses, mm-hmm. then he had the 70, yep. then he had the 12, mm-hmm. then he had the three. Yep. And there, every person in your life has a place. You have to know and you where have they to belong. Know where they go. Because they may be hurting or helping your current situation internally. And you don't mm-hmm. know that. If you got the wrong people in the wrong places, they begin to pull from the wrong areas. And that takes away from the foundation, which leaves you empty. And open. And open. For which those now, destructive things. Here comes the destructive thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, you know, that's. that's uh, Even the loneliness part, because mm-hmm. once you're by yourself, you're making up these thoughts or these narratives in your head because mm-hmm. you have so much to scrutinize because you're mm-hmm. not surrounding yourself with other people mm-hmm. who can actually help you get to right. a place of. Right. Okay, I'm okay being around mm-hmm. people. I need to communicate with mm-hmm. other people. I need to be happy. And loneliness is a mug. So as a man, as a black man, people don't really talk about mental health. True. This conversation, mental health started being a big thing about, I think, a year ago. Mm-hmm. It made it to social media. And now mm-hmm. I feel like it's starting to become more of a popularity thing. I don't Absolutely. know why. I, I agree I'm feeling with that. Like I it. think that. People are like, everything's mental health. Oh, you don't like pizza. It's mental health. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. So your exposure to mental health, how has it affected you? What is your perspective on it? Because people who go through mental health issues don't share it, especially men. Mm -hmm. They feel like people, they don't have feelings. Mm -hmm. We disregard, even us as women, like you're a man, you're not supposed to have feelings. So right. How do you deal with that? Right. I think that is, you, you know, it's funny. And I know anybody <laughs> who knows is probably going to be like, oh, yeah, how are you going to answer this question? Because <laughs> for many years, you know, I was that guy. I no was feelings. an absolute robot. Oh, hardcore. Oh, yeah. I was mm-hmm. that guy to a T. I was. <laughs> what? Yeah. I mean, I was like that all mm. the time. I mean, I anybody, you guys, you know, young lady that I spent some time with a while, she used yeah. to accuse me of being a robot all the time. Oh, yeah. You just, you, I, I just, you just not, you just yeah. nothing. You're Did you cold. feel like there was something wrong with having feelings, or you just wanted well, to be it was, a robot? It was, it was weakness. Oh, it's a facade. It's a facade. It's, it's weakness. Yeah. It's like I, I can't. I ain't got time for that. No, you good. Yeah. All right. If I'm hanging out with you, clearly, yeah, I like you. I so that's be here. clearly I, I want to be. You. If I didn't, I wouldn't. <laughs> but the reality is, is that what? <laughs> and it's funny that. The way that we get close to God mm-hmm. is through our weakness. Oh. My strength is made perfect through your weakness. Yes. My brokenness brings is what closer. brings you closer. Mm-hmm. And so I had to really learn that for a long time. I dealt with my relationship with God like I was just a soldier. I'm just, hey, look, I'm just by your side, whatever you need. I ain't got yeah. no, my life is not that important. Mm-hmm. God, you got bigger things. You have bigger things on your plate, like the whole universe. Yeah. I'm just a soldier here and you just but, tell me what you, what you need me to do. Mm-hmm. And he's just sitting there looking like, well, what I need you to do is I need you to come sit at my feet. Mm. I need you to come sit right here. Mm-hmm. I need you to come talk to me. I need you to come open up. You know, like Martha and Mary. Yeah. Martha's running around doing, 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 doing. And the reality is, is that as men, we get this bravado. You know what I mean? We got to be tough. We have to be strong. We have to be provider, leader. You know, and my family's not necessarily an emotional family. Okay. And so... For me, it was just kind of like, okay, well, you know, we have, we have emotions. Yeah. 
but I kind of went to an extreme where it was like I I don't have time for emotions. If yeah. like we used to always it's say time consuming. Yeah, if the Marine Corps wanted me to have emotions, they'd have been in my sea bag. Mm. Yeah, you know I mean we used to say <laughs> you know, when you say yeah. stuff like that, yeah. you know it's like oh well, um, and I had to learn. You know, as time progressed, it, it took me to go to a place where it took me to a place where I became trapped in my own self. Yeah, in your own feelings. I'm trapped in my own body. Mind. There's this door that's just locked mm -hmm. and I refuse to go in it. Mm. I refuse to open it. I open every other door. But I'll run. That but that's the one. And then that's the one God says, hey, I want Wide you to open, open. that one. Wide open. Yeah, I want you to open that door. Ah, you know what, God? Uh, I'm not ready. I'm not, no, I'm not ready. <laughs> you know, so I, I think that that's, as a man and as a, as a black man, we don't talk about these things enough. You know, I I used to tell my kids all the time, what makes you strong is how weak can you be? Mm -hmm. But weakness is not so much As a bad thing. Like People weakness, like, oh. Yeah. You can be as strong. Strength comes in being able to show that brokenness, to yeah. be able to say, you know what? I do hurt, mm -hmm. but I'm willing to rise through that hurt. Mm -hmm. I can acknowledge that I hurt. Mm -hmm. And then I can say, okay, now that I've acknowledged that I'm hurt, now let me heal. Mm. And now once I've healed, then I can go back to being the hero. Yeah, because you can't be a hero 24-7. I don't think no, I... Nobody's like... You, you, even even Superman takes his glasses and puts... Because yeah. can't. And even Superman had times like that. You know, take even, that cape off. Exactly. You have to take the cape off at some point. You can't just wear it all the time because guess what? If a superhero wore his uniform all the time, yeah. it would start to smell. Mm -hmm. Burnt out. It would start to burn out. It would mm -hmm. start to tear. It would mm -hmm. start to rip. And so then all of a sudden, eventually, mm -hmm. you will be completely exposed. Mm. See how that works? Yeah. If I never took it off, I never cleaned it, never washed it. I just yeah. kept it on all the time. Mm -hmm. It begins to tear. Mm -hmm. It begins to wear. All them battles, all those battles you and fight. And other people see it before and, you uh, do. Exactly. And uh, hey, you know, you got to. What? You're like, what? what? You're yeah. Because you know, you're not oh, it's, trying it's to go there. You just, you just put something on. You put some Band tape. Or, yeah. And over. over time, you become exposed. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, one day, you're going to make a move and it'll completely fall off. Yeah. So what did it take for you to uh, open up and show your feelings? Especially for the Marine Corps, was were you like closed and not open about your feelings before going to the Marines, or that transitioned from the Marines? I think it was a combination of both. I think okay. I was, you know, as I was getting older, I was, you know, cool. I'm, yeah, okay. You know, I'm teenager. You know, yeah. I'm trying to be cool. And I, there was a time in my life where I was. I remember uh, I was so lively and, and vibrant. I did all these things, mm -hmm. and then I got into the Marines. And even then, even early in my Marine Corps career, I was, you know, I was. Still, you know, I had mm -hmm. some moments and then uh, and then there was a shift. Mm. Um, you know, I went through a, a difficult relationship mm -hmm. that changed some things in me. Yeah. Um, and, and it resulted in, in some traumatic things. Mm -hmm. And. Um, <sighs> Go ahead. Uh, yeah. So. Mm -hmm. um, during that relationship, mm -hmm. I got involved in a relationship that I shouldn't have been involved in. Yeah. And one thing led to another. Um, and in... Uh, it, it's even, being it's, in it, that it's, situation. Right. Yeah. And being in that situation, even mm -hmm. it's still difficult to even talk about. Okay. Because um, that was a dark time. It, it was. And, mm -hmm. and it, but it was in that time that I realized that... So, a few years back... Mm -hmm. um, 
We heard that crack. Oh, so is that that loud? <laughs> oh, wow, that's a lot of weight. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of some people know my story and some people don't. But okay. One of the big shifting moments in my life that okay. took me to a place that caused me to kind of just was um, I actually I lost my son. Okay. And so when I lost my son, mm-hmm. I got that call that no parent, mm-hmm. the parents dread. Yeah. You're like, yeah. What? You know, what's and, going on? Yeah, and and, and it, it was one of those things, and and what made it, what made it more difficult mm-hmm. was, <laughs> I lost my son two days after I met him. Mm. I wasn't able to make his birth. Okay. Mm-hmm. He was six weeks old, going on seven weeks. Mm. And I finally got the opportunity to go and visit and see him. Yeah. Because he was in a whole different state. Yeah. I went to see him, met him. We had a great time. You yeah. Know, he, he told me some Infant. keys to life. Mm-hmm. Young guy, you know, we were sitting there. I was teaching him some things, you know, yeah, telling him early about on. how to get girls, you know what I mean? How to do your business and yeah. keep your mind right, pray, you know. Mm-hmm. We watched a couple movies and, and everything was good. <laughs> he told me a couple jokes and all that. And then, you know, I was at, had that time. Yeah. And then I bond. left. And then two days later, I get a call. And it's interesting because I didn't even hear my phone. Mm. I didn't feel my phone. Mm. I just happened to reach in my pocket and pull my phone out right as it was ringing, going off. Mm-hmm. And when I, to be honest with you, when I saw it was... You know, his the, the, mother. Yeah, it was kind of like. I, I, it was a little bit. I was like. I almost I, didn't answer. I, I almost didn't answer. I didn't feel like dealing with, you know, mm-hmm. that. Um, which, and don't get me wrong. We're all good now. I'm not like holding any harbor and any issues. But um, at that moment, I was like. But I had this unction in my spirit. You need to answer this. Yeah. And when I answered it and I, she comes on and she's crying and it. It. It was like, what is going, going on? on? What's the problem? I'm thinking there's something else going on. Mm-mm. And she tells me, you know, you know, he was put in the hospital. And I said, wait, what? He was rushed to the hospital. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And and I, I, I'm like, what, what, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. So I called the hospital trying to get information. What's going on? I'm, I'm keeping my cool. What's going on? They won't tell me anything. You know how that goes. Yeah, HIPAA. And then a few hours later. I get another call from her. She's calmer, but she says, you know, uh, he didn't make it. And and it, and it was just like. What do you mean? And it wasn't real because it was like, wait, <laughs> wait, what? Mm-hmm. Nah, you, mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and and so fast forward anyway. So we fast forward. I mean, you figure I, I buried my son, you know, a week after I met him. Wow. And, it, and, 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 and at that point, you know, I. I remember sitting in my car and I sat there. Mm-hmm. I called my father. I told him what happened. Mm-hmm. Called my mother. Called my people. And after that, I sat in the car for like four hours. And something at that moment uh, broke in me. Yeah. And and I just I, I I didn't know I didn't know what to feel. It was yeah. like I because I had never really emoted like that, and so I didn't know what to feel. It was just like. Yeah. Black. You know what I mean? And and I, I remember just driving around wondering what bridge I could just yeah, jump off Just on. go off. Mm. Just drive, just keep driving. Mm. You know, and, and, and but then um I got the inclination, I just got the unction, hey, 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 hey. Wait, hey, hey, got hey, the hey, little easy, tap. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Go, go, 
go talk to your pastor. And I went to talk to Pastor Tom, and he told me about David. Now, David, you know, they he fasted and they prayed for his son, mm -hmm. and then his son died. And, and, and David was like, when all the uh, priests and everybody there, oh, mm -hmm. shoot. There we David, go. no, his son didn't die. He's going <laughs> to kill us. Oh, my God. He's, but they and David didn't know. got up. Yep. <sighs> Dealt with it. Took that deep breath. Mm -hmm. He got dressed. He washed himself. He got dressed. He shaved, got cleaned up. Mm -hmm. And he sat down and he had dinner. And it, really, and, it, and, it, and it did something in me and said, you know, you're still here. Yep. You may not understand all the things and why things happen the way they do. You don't understand all the outcomes and the ends, the highs and the lows. Mm -hmm. But what I know is that you are still here. Mm -hmm. And what that did was it exposed something, exposed me to a world that I had never known. Mm -hmm. There's so many people struggling with these things. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, though, kind of drifting off but back to the mental health aspect of yeah. it, though, is when that happened, mm -hmm. I turned, I took a turn and I became so unwilling mm. to open myself up ever again oh, to, to feelings to feel yeah because i just need to be mission focused mm -hmm. i need to be mission i need to be purpose oriented mission focused yeah i ain't got time for no you feelings. need the armor of protection yeah because you felt penetrated at the time exactly i put up these walls and mm -hmm. said well look i already i felt so much shame and guilt for making the decision in the first place okay and i almost felt guilty for what happened to my son because mm -hmm. if i had never gone here then yeah. this would have never happened. Oh, so you went that. So down I'm like, you know road. what? I, I went down this road. I went down a whole other you, rabbit yeah. hole to where I was like, you know no. what, man? Mm -hmm. I say, look, I ain't got time. I just need to be focused on this. Da, 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 da. And from mm -hmm. that day forward, all my life went. Yeah, you needed to come back from that. I need exactly all the darkness. It just you said, you know what? I'm good. I'm straight. Focus. Absolutely. And then that's where the the life mm -hmm. went. And so for years, I spent a lot of years just as a kind of a robot, like. That's it. You know, and just it really took God. It really took me getting on the face, getting to getting before God. Yeah. And just saying, I, you know, I can't really live like this. I, mm -hmm. I can't live like this. I'm a, I'm a stone. I'm a turn into a. Yeah. yeah I'm a shrivel up. And People won't know who you are. Yeah. You know, and 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 the the, the real who who am I? Yeah. And I think to this day, I'm still piecing this thing together. I'm still finding things in me. Like, yeah. what do I used to enjoy? I used to enjoy doing this. I used to enjoy doing that. What mm -hmm. what happened? What happened to me? You know, and so that, I think, uh, I know I just did a whole nother sermon. My apologies, <laughs> people. No, this um, is actually great because um, next week I'm actually doing an episode on infant and uh, pregnancy loss. Mm. So, yeah, well, funny how that works out. Yeah. So I'm going to be talking about that because it's more common than people think. Yeah, Those absolutely. things actually do happen at a higher rate than what people want to discuss, especially during pregnancy. And then when you give birth, especially during the mm -hmm. first couple of weeks, those are the most vulnerable moments of, you know, a situation. Mm -hmm. So my you lose a piece of you. And, and that's and that's where mm -hmm. the depression comes in because mm -hmm. you lose a piece of you. There's mm -hmm. a part of you that has gone for like there's a like a, it feels like a whole mm -hmm. chunk of you has just been removed mm. and now you're living incomplete wow and that that's something that i, I don't i don't wish that on my worst enemy yeah because when you you're like it, it just feels like you're just you know it's yeah. like the zombies like yeah. they're missing a piece mm -hmm. it's like that it, 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 for those who is who it don't daily know, yeah it's one of the things you just wake up and i mean you 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 don't forget yeah. But you live in this constant state of just. What if? What if or what, what, what? 
Now, I will say that, I will say is I think that if it wasn't, I'm so glad that I have a family that prays for me. Okay. I have a family that prays for me and, and laid me in the foundation of the word as I came up. Mm-hmm. And even though I drifted off and went prodigal son style, yeah. I cannot stress how much it, it it made an impact because even though I had emotionally and physically this peace that was missing mm-hmm. just because of the whole situation, I had failed everyone by getting involved with this woman. I had you know shamed i felt like i shamed everybody in the world yeah. you know because i made this mistake mm-hmm. and then this happens and so now I'm, i done done this and lost that and, yeah. and i'm just i'm just pieces of just chunks gone yeah. but although my flesh and my emotions were gone mm-hmm. i had a spiritual peace yeah to continue to fight yeah because these wounds will heal mm-hmm. i can heal these wounds mm-hmm. but you're gonna have to let me walk you through this mm-hmm. and i had a family that prayed that i really believe kept me strong mm-hmm. in that um so i i and i know many of you all may not believe what i believe but i can tell you what i know what i i can only tell you my testimony what i've i've experienced mm-hmm. and so that's um most definitely i feel like everybody's perspective is always important mm-hmm. and a lot of people are not going to believe the same thing or do the same things but what you have been sharing is so compelling and thank you so much for trying to make a difference and coming <laughs> here and featuring on my podcast because i really like what you have to say and i look forward to collaborating in the future and hearing yeah, your absolutely. poetry and making a difference so how can people reach you to learn more about your poetry and what you're doing out here in the community? Uh, well, you can hopefully find me on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> my first name is actually Fenton. It's Fenton Reese. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find me there. There's really only like two of us, me and one's like my father. So, <laughs> you know, but he's cool. But also you can find me on Instagram, uh, Reese the Poet. It's literally that simple. All one word, Reese the Poet. It's not spelled funky like T-H-A or the poet. No, it's just Reese <laughs> the Poet um, on Instagram. Um, and that's how you guys can contact me. I just made my Instagram probably like three weeks ago because I don't really do social media like that. Mm-hmm. But that's where y'all are. So I had to come to the people. So um, you can add me on there. And uh, yeah. Definitely. So if you want to learn more, his information will be linked. And I hope we can, you guys can support him and support me. So please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast and follow Reese. Thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to like, share, and subscribe to our podcast. You can catch us on Anchor and all your favorite media streams. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Silent Symptoms Podcast. Let us know if you have any feedback or topics that you would like to hear. 